Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the show. I know we weren't here last week, but it's good to be back this week. No, we were here last week. Oh. This is this week. We weren't here yesterday because we weren't talking to each other. Ah, where to begin? This is like... um, this is like pulling a Band-Aid off of a wound and then seeing the wound before it heals over because Candace and I had proper, proper therapy this morning with like the formal, the PhD to give us advice. So we have like some really, we had some really salacious content for you today. How's your diet, honey? Well, should I just... Should I just talk about all the stuff that's leading me up to this um, breakdown? You're having a breakdown? That is extreme. Well, aren't you glad that my breakdowns are that tiny now? Um, yeah, that'd be great. Wait, what? Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. I don't know. There's just a lot going on, and my hormones are crazy, and my meds are off because of all the extra blood in my body from the fetus. Wow, this is getting so biological. Why, why do you have to talk over me and, and sorry, pretend that nobody's with, interested in what I have to say? I'm uncomfortable with those words. Which part? Fetus? And blood. Good Lord, Casey. For someone who picks out his scabs. I don't do that. No, when you have a baby inside you, you your body... Candace is so pregnant. Okay, keep going. She's huge. So anyway, when your, body, when your body's carrying another ba- a human, your blood volume goes up by 50%. So you, all these weird things happen. Like your veins start to pop out. You get like, you see that little pink spider on my cheek thing, that little like blood pop there. Okay. Yep. That's from that. And then if you're on medication that there, the, the purity of it is diluted when you have more blood. So you have to take like two Tylenol instead of one? Sort of that. I, that's the idea. So one of the drugs I'm on, um, has been low because of my blood level, my blood, how much blood I have. And then just really it's like got to the point where it's as if I'm, t- as if I'm taking nothing. So that's going to go up tonight, which should calm my like anxieties. Yeah, you've been freaking out lately. I've been freaking out. There's like a lot to freak out at. Or maybe freaking not. Out. Or maybe it's just. Everything's normal. Everything's totally fine. Yeah, well. It's even great weather today. Oh, thank you. There, that should solve all my problems. The fact that it's sunny I'm outside. I'm very reactive to the weather. I just want to talk about. I um, I always say that you're huge, and when I say that, everybody like reels back and cringes. But what I mean by that is that um, comparatively to the last time you said Ken, this exact same thing did I? a week okay. ago. Yes. Okay. Good. I just I don't want people to think I'm like picking on you. Well, I'm then maybe you should you. say it differently. How, how Candace is. But Candace's belly is enormous. Candace's belly is enormous. And you so are, is her ass. Well, I wouldn't say that. Yeah, but it's like a Kardashian butt now. It's like these skinny little legs and this ass that sticks out like a foot. Can I tell them about your yellow sweatpants? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those used to be too big to even put. Candace like, has these like 40-year-old sweatpants. That, free people. No, not free people. Free city. That she's been sleeping in as long as I've known her. Like her com- <laughs> Honey, you cannot eat cherries while we record okay, this podcast. Where's my cough button? Um, and they are like big, baggy, comfy, sleepy pajama sweatpants. And she had them on the other night, and they were just stretched. <laughs> <laughs> this sounds horrible. They were just stretched taut 
across the backside. And I think it was really illustrative of just how impactful this pregnancy has been on you. Okay, but the stuff you can't see is the stuff that's making me go bonkers. Like the pain in my hip that every time I shift my body in a seat or stand up from sitting too long or like sleep on my side for too long is like like a 9 out of 10 sharp pain. Like someone's jabbing an ice pick right in my hip socket. That can throw me off. That can make me moody. I, f- I feel like I can really empathize with you because I'm a runner. So like I often get pains in my knees and hips and stuff from all that running. Mm-hmm. It's the same exact thing as being pregnant. Yeah, but you can stop. <laughs> I have to keep going for a few more months. Um, and then yeah. finding out that I had gestational diabetes, that was like a real fucking... Pff, oh yeah, big bummer. news. Candace, is now, Candace now, until the child is born, has diabetes. Um, she has that little thing that... Um, what's the uh, medical term name for it? The, the pen, the poker. A the glucose pricker. meter? No, no, the pricker, the thing with the needle that makes you bleed. I don't know what it's called. It's a little, it looks like a ballpoint pen, but you push the button and it jabs your finger with a needle with one purpose, which is to make you bleed so that you can test your glucose level in your blood. Um, and people who have diabetes use this frequently to keep track of their blood sugar levels, but this is new for Candace and her trying to test it out for the first time. <laughs> oh my God, I went through so many needles. She started screaming, I can't do it, I can't do it, I did it. And like, it doesn't, it's not nice, it's not like a back rub. No, now that I figured out how to properly use it, you can't even feel it. It's like a sneeze. But it was quite the scene. Francine didn't know what was going on. I was having to hold you down. That was an an exciting afternoon at the Neistat household. I especially like when the nurse told me that after I poke my finger, I had to milk it to get the (laughs) blood out. That's the word they use? Yes. So I made Morgan do it at work today. She was curious. She had just eaten like cookies and candy. I'm like, let's just see what yours is at. And so I did it and I was like, hold on, I have to milk it more. And she's like, what? I'm not comfortable with you milking my finger. <laughs> there was, um, and of course her sugars were like below mine after not eating anything. The milk lobby is petitioning the government right now. So to have it so like nut milks, like almond milk and soy milk can't be called milk which is fun. Um, But the Onion did a spoof on that, and they said that they're now going to be calling um, nut milks nut sweat. (laughs) 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 Can I I have a cup of almond nut sweat? (laughs) We're out of almond nut sweat, but we do have soy nut sweat. Soy sweat. Um, So this morning we have our, our real therapy with a real therapist, it's Dr. P. Everybody knows about Dr. P by this point. And I said something to DP. I said, Candace and I, our arguments go only in one of three ways. Number one is a quick and easy resolution, which actually is, they're not, the, they're not that infrequent. We've been pretty adultish, mature for the last couple of whiles. Mm-hmm. And then that's a one. And then a 10 is us being like, oh, hell no. And we don't speak together for, speak to each other for a week. Which is weird because we live together and co-parent. And yeah, but it's, you know, it's not been a week for a really long time. It's really only been like two or three days at the very most. Very most. And no, that's because like we're just waiting to get to Dr. P to sort it out. And then option number three, which is the five, which is right in the middle. It's not, not speaking and it's not everything's cool, is let's talk about this when we get to the therapist. And I say that to Candace, and I feel like you get so pissed when I say it you think I'm being dismissive. And the truth is... 
I am. I'm hoping that by the time we get to the doctor, you will have forgotten about whatever the hell we're arguing about. No. No, you never do, do you? Nope. <laughs> In I fact, t- it becomes like, you know those psychos that like put together on the chalkboard and they have like the suspect and they try and conspiracy theorists that like do the red string like this and this it becomes in my brain instead of just whatever you made me mad about to being like wait that connects to that too and he just did that yesterday and then this connects becomes a spider web of like, like a Mueller, just, Mueller investigation to figure out what I'm pissed off about <laughs> I'll find something but this week this week the appointment was at 9.15 and Candace was like get there after 9.30 I need some time alone with her and I walk in Candace is bawling her ass off, just tears and tissues everywhere. And I went in for like three minutes and then the therapist, she looks at me and she's like, mm-hmm. okay, Casey, now I'm going to ask you to leave. <laughs> I was like, wait, what? And she's like, leave. And I'm like, hmm? And she just points at the door. And I got thrown out. I got thrown out so she could, I always take that as kind of a win, like I did something right. Cool, Casey. Yeah, it's like you're. it's like the mechanic being like, Everything's fine. Car's working perfectly. And then I go wait outside. So you don't think you took anything away from that? Oh, it was a learning experience for me. What part of it? I learned that I was right. Jesus, you're a dick. <laughs> Come on. Don't say it like that. You didn't learn that there were, that that I was like very you didn't un- you didn't come to any sort of understanding about why I was so upset. I about did, it. but that, I've had that understanding. But that why wasn't can't you apply it to this when this when the same thing comes up again? Mm-hmm. It's something that's sensitive to me that we're 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 arguing about that I'm not going to get into because you don't need to know the details of our dirty laundry. It's something that I was upset about a few months ago, and then I sort of worked through it. But I think everything that's happening now is making me more anxious, and this this topic came up again. Um, and it hasn't come up for a while, and I got really upset about it. But y- did you learn from Doctor P that like this might come up again and again, and each time something like this comes up, you're going to have to handle it? I but I understood that going into it. The then why, when I was upset about it the other day at home, did you not just pull me aside and say what exactly what Doctor P said to do, which was like just I just need affirmation. Like there's no, I understand, but the thing is when I don't it, need gifts, I need affirmation. No, I knew I I know that, but there's no reasoning with you in that situation. It requires an intermediary like the doctor to say, Candace, Casey does understand, and then you're like, oh, okay. I said, I said, you said, why won't you even talk to me about it? And I said, I will. And then it went to a straight to a dead end. I didn't fight. I just listened. No. And I said, I understand. That is absolutely not what happened, Casey. It's like you remember things completely differently. Have you ever read 1984? Stop deflecting. No, 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 I'm just trying to. I am telling you that in that moment in the kitchen, and I said, do you not even want to talk about it? And you said, no. I can't talk about it with you. We'll talk about it with Dr. P. And that also made me feel just like, well, fine then. You don't give a shit. It's it's not that I don't give a shit. It's because we have beaten that horse. What, you know, don't even try to fix it. Just Just be there. Just be like, this is so hard for you. I know. That's it. That's all you have to say. You don't have to say, what can I do? Let's do something I know, else. But, but, like I said this morning, it's so easy for, it's so easy, like now, you're at a totally, we are at a totally like calm, rational place in this conversation. It's like a very healthy dialogue we're having right now. But in that moment, you are so raged out at me 
And there's so much like and the level of emotion is off the charts. But why does that scare you so bad? It, why can't you? It's just... not that it scares me. It's it's uh, I'm I have known you long enough and well enough to know that in those situations there is no grabbing your hand saying I understand and then you chill out. I've tried that. I've done that. I do that so often. It just has when you're in the, at that place there is no penetrating that. See, right now I'm feeling like that when we have those arguments where I just can't say anything because you're more articulate and... But this is what we talked about this morning. What? This exact thing. What? Which is that like in those situations, it's very hard to communicate with you. And now that we've worked through it, it's very easy for you to sort of characterize the solution as being like me demonstrating uh, empathy which you know I'm an empathetic person, I do understand. And then that's all you need. But in those moments, you need so much more than just like a demonstration of empathy. In those moments, you need, there's like a, a, a cool down that has to happen and that cool down requires a voice that can't be mine because my voice is, is biased in those situations. Right, so basically we always solve these false fights because I'm the one that has to go and listen to a psychiatrist tell me that I'm wrong. That's not fair. That's not fair. I, even think about it like, even think about it like your parents. Like your parents will get in a disagreement, and your mother will be convinced she's right, or your father will be convinced he's right. And it takes one of the two of them reaching out to you to sort of help contextualize the situation for them, so they have some degree of understanding. It's it's true for everyone. This isn't unique to Candace or your parents, or certainly me. Like, I get upset in those situations if I don't have somebody who's not you to break it down for me. Because you're the one who's upset, and that that anger is directed at me. So I, how am I sp- possibly supposed to be the one who can diffuse it? Are we really working through things, or are we just using the psychiatrist as a crutch? Um, I think it's the psychiatrist is a very necessary backstop for us. But look, in, if in the last three weeks there was only one situation we couldn't get over, especially considering the current circumstances of you being so incredibly pregnant, you having to juggle all of these other physical things that are really stressful for you, um, I don't bring this up because I want any sort of sympathy, but the, the extra weight that I lift because you have to deal with your, you know, your physical situation, like we're both under a level of duress right now which is foreign, and if like if we need to if we need to if we need outside consult once every three weeks, I think we're doing pretty damn good. Yeah. Don't you think so? Yeah. I mean, I just say like this is the first time I felt like very out of control hormonally, and like just everything feels out of control. I'm gonna start crying now. Why are you gonna cry? Um, <laughs> she's crying. We lost her. We're not even fighting. She's not even upset. I'm not upset. If. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> I just like God, just just hit me. If um, I wish you guys could see Candace cry. It is adorable. (laughs) (laughs) It is. It's so cute. So I was with a friend who's pregnant. Well, he's not. His wife is. And he was like, "It's great, man. I've never been happier. I'm so excited." And he's like, "Is your wife crying all the time?" (laughs) I was like, "Yes. Literally anything will just set off the water. Waterworks." God. Do you, can I tell a happy story while you're working through the tears over yeah, there? Uh-huh. So I romanticize summer on a level that I think is probably 
it's probably unhealthy. Like I, I, there are 10 weeks of the year that I cherish and then there are 42 weeks of the year that I'm just in misery. And my favorite thing of summer 2018 is taking Francine, who's no longer a baby, she's not like a proper kid that you can hang out with and chit-chat with and be BFFs with, sticking her on the back of my bike. And I ride my little baby daughter all the way through, all the way up Man- the island of Manhattan. And we go to this place where you can get ice cream and sit on the water. And there's this big, like huge concrete pier where people like sunbathe and play music and hang out. And she and I, we go there and we dance. And we go, we go, we get ice cream. She gets all sugared up. And then we, like me, daddy and daughter dance. And last night we were dancing and she said, I want to run. I've been talking to her about running lately. She said she wants to run with me. And the kid ran like an extraordinary amount of distance at full speed. And I don't know, it's just like that, that kind of relationship with your kid. Last week we talked about how challenging it is to raise an older kid. But that kind of relationship with a kid, for me, I think is the peak of my life right now, having that, like those moments. Because she enjoys running and you enjoy running? Well, that was just like, that was just sugar on the cake, icing on the cake. It's just the fact that like we have this special, me and the kiddo have this special little thing together. And it's like physical and it's fun and it's just ours. Franny and I have a lot of special things. You have way more than I do. Whining and crying (laughs) and kicking me and... It's, this is another thing like piling all all the nonsense, all the shit that Candace is currently dealing with. Francine is like, she's at that age where she's maturing um, sort of exponentially. Like the child she is now is very different from the baby she was two weeks ago. And two weeks before that, she was just a proper baby. But now she's articulate and extremely well-spoken and and super um, manipulative. And I, this is what we were talking about this morning, I feel like I've gotten really strict with her. I now am like the authoritative dad and Candace has to say, like, I will go get your father. <laughs> it works. But our, my relationship with her has gotten so good in the last couple of weeks. And Candace's relationship with her, I would only characterize Candace, or Francine's, Francine's conduct towards Candace as borderline abusive. She is so angry about the fact that you're pregnant. I mean, she's obsessed with me, but like in a very strange way. Yeah, yeah, that's, no, she is without a question. I, I, I fight for one ounce of the attention that she, give Candace, she gives to Candace in, in tons. Um, she's, uh, uh, she worships the ground you walk on. She adores Candace. But I think it is like there's an inverse proportionality to her fondness for you and how it, it currently manifests She's just, she's such a different human with you. It blows my, I watch her, I'm like, who is this stranger? And why is she acting like that? And she's just this lovely little peanut to me. I'm not mm-hmm. trying to rub it in. I just mean it's... it's <laughs> with everything else that's going, what else is awesome in your life, Casey? Go ahead. <laughs> Everything is awesome. Everything's awesome. Everything is awesome. I just pee in my pants all day long. <laughs> Have diabetes. Got diabetes Prick now. your finger and waddle. And waddle. Your waddle is extraordinary. I can't, I can't. I mean, I used to make fun of girls who waddled, and it's just the pain. It's the pain. It's really hard to have a baby at 40. I don't know why these children are waiting till they're 40, 41, 42 to have a baby. You should feel I bad. can say this with no hesitation. I could never, ever handle being pregnant. No way. Are like, you kidding me? That bullshit husband say where you're like, I could never do what my brave and strong wife does. Well, I could never do what my brave and strong was. There's no way I could deal with what you're currently dealing with. 
It's funny because it's true. There's like I'm way too selfish to to be able to <laughs> cope with that. There's a gremlin living inside of you that's eating all your food and making you hurt. And now it's like kicking all night long, so I don't sleep. The other night, it kicked my rib cage, and I woke up and went, <gasps> "Oh!" That's a human inside of you. Thank goodness I was in you. the other room. Yeah. Sorry, honey. I am sorry. I do feel bad about that. It's okay. And then there's that thing where it's like millions of women do it every day, and why should I complain about it? You know what? That's just not fair to to put that on a woman. Like what about ism? Like what about what? the fact that everybody has to? Yeah, do it? or like there are so many people who wish they were in your position. Like there's plenty of positions I wish I was in too. Like, yeah, but nothing. I will tell you, this is painful. This is hard. This is not something should be done in your 40s. This is not something you would want to do. Wait, I'm catching something right now. What? We talked about having another baby after this one comes I, I don't know if I can. Oh. Uh, if we can get three more, we'll have a half dozen. Listen, my f- fucking uterus is falling out of, like, my vagina right now. Like, I feel like I need a suspender to keep everything inside. You know how I said I was uncomfortable when you use the actual names of body parts? You know what? <laughs> That's going to get really gross. Don't. Let's just save that. <laughs> I'm uncomfortable with any of it. I don't like to sleep in the same room as Candace anymore. You know, I was I, actually thinking about something. No? Do you actually want to be in the operating room with me? Or should somebody else be in there? The... No and no. So I don't want to be in there, yeah. but somebody else in there can't. But I have to be in there. But are you going to be able to like tell the doctors, like Candace wants you to put, what if I'm asleep and they knock me out again? Are you going to have the balls to be like, she said she wants the baby on her chest. Put the baby on her yeah, chest. Yeah, I can do whatever you need, whatever you want. You think to. so? Yeah. Okay. You've never seen someone, audience, you've never seen someone as timid as I am in the hospital. Oh my God. So when Franny was born, she had this like, you know your tongue has that thing underneath it that connects it to your mouth? Like it's like a stringy thing. It's kind of gross. If you look in the mirror, it's like that hangy downy thing. So when Francini was born, hers like connected her tongue to her mouth and it made it kind of her whole tongue, like went to the end of the tongue. Apparently it's a fairly common thing and it makes it hard for the babies to talk or swallow. It's or called drink. tongue tie. She had tongue tie. And to correct it is like a nothing. Like the doctor goes in and just snips it Baby screams and it's over. I <laughs> no, it's the first time it made me realize that like that's what they that's what they mean when they say moms are strong. Like I knew it had to be done and I wasn't going to cry about it. And it was like just as a mother, I was like, if we don't do this, she's going to suffer. It's very clear. No, but the doctor was so blasé about it. He's like, yeah, I can do it right now. And the minute it became actualized, the minute it became real, like I like I didn't I, I didn't object. I panicked, grabbed the child, and you were squeezing her, and you're like, "No, no, 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 no!" And you were like holding her tight with both arms, and you, your head was shaking back and forth, and it was like you were in a complete panic that someone was going to touch your child. (laughs) Meantime, this guy said he does like six of them a day. He was a pediatrician, and then he looked at me, and he was like, "Or we can wait, (laughs) or or we can wait." And then I stormed out of there with that baby. How about the tummy ache thing with Franny? Okay, my, okay, okay. okay you're, I knew, you're right. <laughs> I knew that Franny had this evening and morning tummy t- tummy ache because she's just being needy. It's the whole mommy, mommy, mommy thing. 
Casey makes us we'll, go to we'll the doctor. Just to characterize what it what Candace means. Francine, like anytime there'd be an argument or a fight or you have to go to bed or turn off the TV or eat your dinner, her response, her default response became, my tummy hurts. That's what Candace is referring to. And I would say, all right, Franny, well then let's go to the doctor. No, 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 no. And then the tummy ache would go away. But Casey started to get very worried. <laughs> that doctor so, is so condescending (laughs) she was a woman so we went to the pediatrician who was amazing she's incredible so nice so nice and then you know when I go to the doctor I just know from my dad like you kind of just give yes no answers you don't give narratives you don't give whatever they're just trying to get to the bottom when I go to the doctor with Casey it's kind of like the podcast where it's like she'll ask me um when does this happen I'll say at night in the morning and then Casey was like well actually it's like you know, it happens this one, and then you go into like a long detail. And she and I are locking eyes, and I'm like making eyes at her, like I'm opening my eyes, like saying, I'm so sorry. And she's looking at me, being like, It's okay, all men do this. And, then, and the doctor comes over and literally was like, You can put her on the exam table or just hold her. And I was like, Okay, we'll hold her. And the doctor comes over and is like, rubs her cheek and is like, You have a tummy ache? And Franny's like, No, no tummy ache. And she's like, Mm. Is this your tummy? And she's like, mm-hmm. Is this your belly button? Mm-hmm. And like, your daughter's fine. <laughs> like, there was nothing. There's no examination to be had. Uh, so Franny funny. was a-okay. All yeah. right. I'm worried about our, um, our end of the summer trip because you're going to be so pregnant. I'm so excited about that. We're going to New England. We take the baby. We go to the beach. It's near like where my parents are and we see family. Honey, you, it's six weeks from now. You're going to be... Miserable. Yeah. What's that going to be like? What do we do? Are you just going to stay in the room? <laughs> Um, stay in the bed, stay in front of TV. No, I just think that you're going to have to be exactly how you are with Francine, which is like, come on, let's go. Let's leave mommy alone. That's like, what... Just leave you alone? Yeah. What are you going to do? I don't know. Sit in the room? Pace, dream about orange juice. Fran- Candace used to drink like, she drinks orange juice like a, like a camel drinks water. Do camels drink a lot of water? She guzzles the OJ and now it's verboten. Um, the psychiatrist this morning brought up that, uh, well, she she brought up the thing about me saying that I'm going to try and take on less stuff, which to which I responded, like, who told you that? But she still hasn't connected me with my, what's it called, professional something Like a professional, like a work therapist? Oh. Remember? She made all those promises. Yeah, well, guess what? Now it becomes my problem because I'm going to have to text her. Can you deal with that for me? Can't I just give you her number? No, you know I don't do well with that. I don't like that at all. Do you know that? So I, like a lot of people, um, it's funny because I can tell when someone's a fan of the vlog from a mile away and then I can tell when someone's a fan of the podcast because they almost feel like, <laughs> like they have this like weird guilt. Like they feel bad about knowing so much about our marriage as they come up to me. But guys come up to me and they're like, bro, totally get it, man. I feel you. I feel you when I listen to that podcast. And then women come up to me and they're like, <laughs> I want you to know that I agree with your wife almost on everything. <laughs> we had breakfast this Sunday morning with a friend of mine and that's what his wife said. Mm-hmm. She was like, I want you to know it's really nice to meet you, but I, I listen to your podcast. I agree with your wife on everything. <laughs> yeah, we, we have to stick together. Me and women, okay. not you and me. I was going to say, we're on that. We're on that. Yeah, we're on it. Do we do questions now? Yeah, let's do questions because actually we have to meet Francine in like 10 minutes. She's coming to the office? Mm. Okay. 
I feel like we worked through some shit on this show today. This has been positive, right? Uh-huh. Do you think it's just always the case because neither of us want to be too much of jerks in front of the microphones? I'm fine being a jerk. I was happy to record the podcast yesterday and like duke it out in front of everybody, but you didn't want to do it. No, I didn't want to do it yesterday. Okay, so before I bring up questions, yesterday we were at a really not good place. We were at a place that I think was unhealthy. And the thing I don't like to do is use, I like to use this podcast as a way for us to discuss our, our experiences and circumstance and all that stuff. I don't like to use this podcast as a place for us to vent and fight. I agree. I if mean, it's, I If agree. we're here to work through things, I think that's really, if, if I were listening to this, I appreciate people working through things, but I don't want to hear people bicker. I know. And I don't want to bicker in front of people. I would have just abused you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. First question coming from Rob. Hey, this is Rob in Atlanta. This question is for Candace. Uh, Candace, I know that Casey is seen in his vlogs where he's riding through traffic on his skateboard and seems kind of a little bit risky or hanging from a drone or doing various other things that you see in his vlogs. Do you ever have conversations with him to say, Casey, don't need to take this risk too much. You're a father of soon to be two. Don't want you to take um, those type of uh, you know risks. Just wanted to get your opinion on that. Thanks so much for the podcast. Enjoy it immensely. Um, soon to be three, Rob. Soon to be three. The um, I there's one thing. There's I know what's supposed to be responsible when you ride your boosted board and all that. And I do wish you would wear your helmet. But that's not what really bothers me. What terrifies me is when, and when I really like start to like, like tremble and shake and like, how am I going to stop you from doing it? It's like that space thing that you got offered that trip to space or whatever when it's ready. I can't believe you shut that down. You're not going to do it? Because I asked you not to? No, I was prepared to get a divorce over that. It just kind of fell apart. Oh, well, I would have really like, I would have been clawing at your skin, bawling on the floor, begging you, begging you, begging you not to go. Please don't do this to our family. Please, I can't lose you. Those are the things that freak me out. That's so, like, why? I don't know, because it's like, I don't need my fucking husband to die taking the first trip to the outer space. Like, I, I'd, I'd rather you... <laughs> but that's so romantic. No, it's not. I was. I would definitely. I would have gone to bat to go to outer space. Mm -mm. So, Rob, Candace is. There's so much in our relationship, and so much that I do behaviorally and physically that she hates, and she's super vocal about it. But for all the stupid stuff that I do, that's physically risky like that, she's never really objected to to much or any of it. She kind of smiles and 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 waves it off. I don't know why that is. I think it's because it's like, I know I'm not going to be, I don't have any power when it's like, put your helmet on, babe. Like, that's just not going to happen. All right. I think we have here, this is from um, someone named Paloma. And this seems like, um, I have a little description here. It's a vitally, in, hold on, let me just clean, make that clean. And this seems like a super important question. This might be the, the most important question we've ever had here on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Are you ready to devote your undivided attention to it? Yeah. Okay, here we go. Hey, Candace and Casey, I'm Paloma and I'm from Mexico, but I'm currently spending the summer in, the, in Seattle. So as I'm in the States, I finally got to try ding-dongs and um, I was wondering, do you like them better when they're in room temperature or when you put them in the freezer? 
Thanks, guys. I really like the show and, and the ding dongs as well. Viva Mexico! Ding dongs. Frozen or room temperature? I've never tried them frozen, so I feel like I can't give an honest answer. Well, but ding dongs definitely are what caused my diabetes, so I'm a little bit angry at them right now. That's so true. I like ding dongs at room temperature. But there's a, there's a ding dongs and candy that are frozen. There's a, a really good secondary. Um, there's a really good thing that comes from them being frozen, which is it makes it much harder to eat them quickly. Mm. There was one day we were recording the podcast and I ate four ding dongs. They just taste. They they're go just down smooth. easy. They're just smooth, and I was sick for quite some time. Had it been frozen, it would have forced me to pause and think. Paloma, I just want to thank you for that question. It meant a lot. And I say that for the both of us. Um, okay, here's a good one from Travis. This one seems a little romantic. Hey, Casey and Candace, this is Travis Case. Quick question for you. Do you believe that you are each other's soulmates? And if so, when did you get that feeling? Like, when did you realize it? Thanks. Yes. Okay, so, oh, yes, the short answer... <laughs> Kids, like, what the fuck are you thinking about? <laughs> um, yes. Yes, but like, then no. What then the- yes, then no. Then yes, then no. It's like, yeah. it wasn't, it definitely wasn't like, oh my God, love at first sight. And was then love ev- at first it sight. It was love at first and sight. And then we love, no love at second sight. Yeah. Travis, we, okay, this is an impossible thing to do, but I've actually recommended this to people to which they scoff, but... We broke up so many times through our like courtship, and I think it is quite literally the first ten years of our two thousand five. When did we get married? Fourteen or fifteen? Which one? Mm, the first, no, the second one. Thirteen. Okay, first six years or seven years of our marriage. When we would break up, it wasn't like a tiff. I'm not talking to you for a week. I mean, it was like six months, other relationships, no communication, like proper formal breakups, like deleting phone numbers. It's over. Oh, I changed my phone number, the best phone number, I and I changed you it. Did that. Because you kept texting me. I, I just wanted to, you know what I wanted. I know what you wanted. Mm-hmm. I wanted to be able to talk to you about what I was dealing with. Help you, help you, help you, help me work me through me. <laughs> and because Travis, we had those breakups. I think that it is it is a very mature thing to say, and it's only early. But I can only say this in retrospect. Now looking back, it's just because of those breakups. I think our relationship is so strong because when you're at a place of frustration in a relationship, especially when you're young, you're like. Fuck this! I can do better. Mm-hmm. It's the I can do better. Yeah, thing. the grass is greener elsewhere. So you're like, I'm out. And especially like when you're in your 20s, you don't care. Or in Candace's sake, you're like an absolute babe that every guy wants to be near. You're like, I can do better. I don't have to put up with this BS. And you break up. And what happened to us for eight straight years is like we would try to do better. Um, Candace had some dopey boyfriend who was really handsome, so I went and dated some model to be like, look, I can do it too. And we were both just, <laughs> just totally miserable. Um, no, come on. I don't want to be mean to my ex-boyfriends. Was that plural? I thought you only ever dated one other guy besides me. Wasn't there another one that was in between that? I, I, don't, I wasn't keeping tracks. I was just on a mission to no, sabotage. he was a sweetheart, and everything was great about him. It's just one thing that was wrong with him, the same thing that was wrong with all the girls you dated. They weren't Candace. And they weren't, he wasn't Casey. Poor people. I mean, I just feel bad. Like, they didn't stand a chance. <laughs> they were just, they were just, 
they were just fodder for our no, our and campaign. I they're going to make someone else really happy. Yeah, but and and that's that's what it was, Travis. So it's like a really mature thing to say because it required us being totally adults. Um, no, we're adults now. Looking back at the time, we were petty, petulant Jeez. children, bickering and fighting, and just trying to make one another jealous. I feel bad about I feel bad about our friends and family that had to listen to us do this over and over and over again. I had Candace's years. mother say to me like ten times, "I'm not doing this again. <laughs> I am not doing this again." <laughs> you know, the only one who was ever on our side was my sister. No, in that one friend of your mom's who liked me, Leora. Yeah, I she's know. awesome. <laughs> Um, so yeah, of course we're soulmates, but it's very easy to do now that we're stuck together forever. Hard fought. Um, this question might be a little on the heavy side. Let's see. This isn't the divorce question. It's something else. Hey guys, my name is Diana. I'm coming from a suburb of Houston, Texas. What's up? Um, first I'd like to say that I never want your podcast to end when I'm listening. I'm like, ah, it's over. Crap. But you brought up a situation that I wanted to know what your thoughts were. You had mentioned about, you know, your parents um, cheating and having to deal with that. And so as a child or as an adult, like, how do you forgive your parents for the things that end up, like, scoping the person that you are later in life? Um, My dad cheated on my mom when she was dying of cancer. I ended up leaving us and said he didn't sign up for that. And now he is dying of cancer as well. Um, and he is still with the lady that he left my mom for. So how do I forgive for that? I'm running out of time and I'm, I'm dealing with that, um, being a parent. Um, and you know, I just would wish my kid would forgive me for the things that I do wrong, but how do I forgive my dad for, um, his wrongdoings? I have, a sort of simple answer for that, and I don't know how old you are, but the, she said she had kids. It sounds like an, she's she's, an, she's did she say that? Or did she say like as a kid? Anyway, the point is, the older you get, and it never stops because I'm still learning how vulnerable my parents are, even like on a weekly basis now. But when you're a kid, you think your parents are heroes, and they're meant to stay married forever, and they're never meant to do any wrong and not make any mistakes. And then as you get older and older, you start, you become aware of their mistakes. Maybe they drink too many glasses of wine at dinner. Maybe they didn't shower every day. Like whatever the weird thing is. But if you don't forgive him for being a human, I mean, it sounds like, you know, it's pretty inhumane to like cheat on your wife who's dying of cancer, but he's, he is just human and you don't want him to pass away without closure in that regard. Yeah, that's the one. Thank you for being so honest with us. That was like really heavy, especially that was just heavy. Um, but yeah, I would just I was going to say the exact same thing, almost word for word. Especially, you know, I'm in a fairly unique situation with my siblings and my parents. But it's like I, I, I when when we're all getting older, we're all going to die. Like that's those are, those things are certain. And if you just like take a deep breath and you're like, if I were to lose this person tomorrow, would I spend the rest of my life regretting the fact that I didn't go give them a hug? Would I regret the rest of my life not saying, giving them, you know, speaking to them, not returning their phone call? And I I think like even hearing you say it, Candace, it sounds almost like an idealistic thing, like forgive everyone because they're never going to be here forever. But there's so much painful truth to that, that um, I think it's very, very healthy advice. And just to understand that, like, just because they are parents doesn't make them gods. Like, they do bad things. They do inconsiderate things. 
Yeah, it's it's t- you know. So you, it's your choice whether you hold it against them for being a human or not. I don't know. Yeah, I mean it's tough because like I'm sure in your situation, uh, Diana, that that feels unforgivable. And when I was a kid, it felt unforgivable the misgivings of my parents. But I think as you get older, you just realize that like life is a sort of a, a wildly imperfect experience. And um, I, I do have a little bucket of things that I think are unforgivable, but they're pretty extreme. And short of that, it's like, you, I'm going to stop. Mm-hmm. Okay, next question. Hi, Casey. Hi, Candice. Um, it's Ellie from London in the UK. Um, this is mainly a question for Candice. Um, as we've heard numerous times in the sort of in the vlogs and in the podcast Casey goes running with his friends quite a lot or at least has running partners who he talks to um Candice how do you make time outside of work and outside of looking after Francine to see your friends and is it really hard to make time for it or have you got any tips to sort of make it happen and actually sort of even have some sort of form of social life. All right, thank you. Bye-bye. Well, that's part of the reason I want to move to closer to my sister. Mm-hmm. You have your friends from, like, your childhood that you grew up with that you can just call and show up. But then when you move to New York, you make all new friends, but these friends are all busy all the time and have their own families, and it's not a very, like, social, open place. Just Just, like, based on the landscape of New York and like the mentality of the people who live here. It was very easy before I was married to Casey and before I had kids because my friends and I all had the same interests, which was going to dinner and sitting there for four hours and drinking wine. And we all would call each other every day and hang out almost every day of the week. Then it got harder when I had with Casey because we don't, he doesn't enjoy that kind of stuff and I don't enjoy running. And now with Francine, I'd say that mostly it's just guilt, so which doesn't make sense because I what, just don't... Spending time with your friends is just because of guilt? Just like doing anything. Like yeah. even when I go to like, I'm going to go get my nails done, I feel guilty. But it doesn't make sense because what am I going to just sit at home and just do nothing I, anyway? I don't know. It's hard. Yeah, I think that, I mean, I don't know where that question's coming from. Is it like you're thinking about having kids and you're worried about what's going to happen to your social life, but... um I don't think that either of us have much of a social life. But but I I did. (laughs) Of course, but I think that that's one of a number of things that we gave up when we had a family and started our own businesses and moved in together and all those things. So I was texting with um, my friend the other day. You know him, Tom. Tom H. And I, I said to him, he was like, I'm dying to see you, let's get dinner. And I was like, I'm so sorry I've been such... This is somebody I love dearly and someone who has helped me my whole life and I've known forever and I used to see at least once a week. I haven't seen him in two years and he lives five blocks from us. And I was like, I'm sorry I've been such a bad friend. Don't take it personally. I've been a bad friend to everyone. And he sent like a very gentle, don't worry about it. And then I gave him some more color and I was like, at this point in my life, it's like family and career and I've kind of made a deliberate choice that that's all there's room for. And I'm okay with that. What were you going to say? Well, I was going to say, but but I think what she's asking is, you still make time for I have for m- hours a day for running with your running buddies. 
But then she's asking, what do I do? And the truth is, like, I don't really have anything. You sleep. I sleep. I tried to do that pottery class, which was really fun. <laughs> but, like, getting there and, I, you know, it's the end of the day. Do I want to spend that night away from Francine? I don't really, I don't have a passion that forces me out of the house like you do. Yeah, that's true. That's why, that's the only thing I do. And by the way, m- nine out of ten runs, I, I go by myself. But Candace is right. Like, that is my thing. And I think like the reason why I'm so hysterical about running in real life and in the vlog and on the pod everywhere is because I, I covet it because it is my thing. It's the only thing that I have that's like truly just for me. And that's why it's so important to me. I wish I could find something like that for me. I've invited you to come running. I don't want to run. It, that used to be like hanging out with my friends and now that just doesn't happen anymore. So what do I do? What is my reason for leaving you and Francine without having to feel bad about I don't, but it for I three hours to, at a time? I used to encourage you so heavily to no, like pick one night a week. I know. Because I think that part is important. Well, you know what you do have that I don't have is you have your girls that you're with all day, every day. I know that's work, and I know that they're no, I do enjoy they're co-workers. But you're very lucky that you work with people that you like, you have great conversations with, you are certainly friends with. That's true. You don't really have that. So you I mean, I love the people that I work with. I know, but you're not social with them. No, I'm much more deliberate about sort of a a clear division between (laughs) work and fun. Like today when I came back to the office after our therapy session and my face obviously was like blotchy (laughs) and Morgan goes... Good session. <laughs> it's like so we know exactly what's going on in each other's lives. It's nice. It's really nice working with girls. Um, all right, that's it for this week's podcast. Thank you for tuning in. Um, if you're into this podcast, please click the subscribe button and please leave us a comment. And, and do hashtag. I love reading people's hashtag couples therapy. Thing. Hashtag couples therapy. Tell and also, I'm really sorry that Casey and I made up and that I couldn't do this podcast by myself. I know that a lot of you were really rooting for it. Well, maybe, okay, well, we'll have to visit that next week on, <laughs> on couples therapy. I also wanted to show you, Candice, I never showed this to you, but we um, we were on on Spotify's, like, recommendation of the of the week or something like that like editor's choice on spotify no yeah look at editor's podcast picks couples therapy i don't know any editors at spotify do you Ta-da! no they just obviously spotify thanks for the love Yay. um okay and if you are interested in leaving us questions like we did today and we do at the end of for the last half of every podcast download the anchor app at anchor a n c h c h o it's Anchor, Anchor app on the App Store and A-N-K-Q-U-O-R, Play Store. A N K. That's not a K. Q. There's no Q. U O R, Anchor. You're messing with me. Messing with you. Download the Anchor app, spelled like an anchor of a boat, and you can send us voice messages. It's also a great app. They produce this show. Um, thanks, other- John. Thanks, John. Otherwise, find us an Apple Podcast, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. And. Um, Oh, I didn't even get to tell you about the Tesla that I've been driving. I was right at the end about to say see you next week. Okay, can I just tell you one secret thing? There's a lot of things I don't like about the Tesla. Tesla. It's a really good place to pee in a coffee cup. Oh, come on. Why would you say that? (laughs) Why? You knew you'd get pissed. God damn. Okay, see you next week, everybody. (laughs) Bye.